It's time for Real Golf Radio, the longest-running nationally syndicated golf show in the country. With insights and experience of professional golfer Bob Casper, son of Hall of Famer Billy Casper, and the passion and, uh, well, fun hey. of Brian Taylor. Nice. Here they are, the hosts of Real Golf Radio, Brian and Bob. Well, hello there and welcome in to Real Golf Radio. Brian Taylor, Bob Casper with you. Thanks for joining us on a Phoenix Open Super Bowl Groundhog Day weekend. We appreciate you being with us each and every Saturday right here on Real Golf Radio. The website is realgolfradio.com. Twitter handle is at realgolf. And, of course, you can download and listen to the show at your convenience at any number of your favorite podcaster sites. So thanks for joining us, including those of you on iHeart. Radio. We got a good one for you today. It is a historic weekend as we first and foremost say farewell to one of the best, if not in my opinion, the best golf broadcaster, commentator, color commentator the game has ever known. Johnny Miller will uh, be on the call his final broadcast today in the third round of the Phoenix Open. He'll make way for Paul Azinger to take over on Sunday for the final round. And I, I like the handoff, and I love the tributes that they've given to Johnny, and so appropriate that it's taking place here in the desert, where, known as the Desert Fox, he had so much success here at this golf tournament and the old Tucson Open as well. Anyway, welcome in, Brian Taylor. Bob Casper joining me from Florida this weekend. Bob, good morning. Good morning. How are you? you I'm know, doing. It's pretty interesting. Um, I had a thought about Johnny. He... Uh, my dad was playing in a Champions Tour event at Desert Mountain in in uh, Phoenix, and um, Johnny was there. Uh, he wasn't yet 50, and um, Johnny uh, was saying that uh, he they were going to try him out with NBC in the broadcast booth and that he was going to be doing uh, that event that week. Um, and then it parlayed into, what, 30 years of, uh, almost 30 years of broadcast service with uh, NBC and, and Johnny as, as the voice. It was pretty cool. Yeah, that is really cool. And like I said, I, I think Johnny changed the, the the way the game of golf was broadcast a bit. Some people don't like his style. Some people love to hate his style. But I think what you see from the most of the comments that I've read on Twitter and otherwise is that people respected his honesty and his consistency. And uh, I think that's what makes Johnny the best. You're going to hear from Johnny coming up. Stay tuned. More Real Golf Radio coming up next. Callaway isn't just pushing the boundaries of driver technology. They're pushing ball speed further than humanly possible. The new Epic Flash Driver with Flash Face technology features Callaway's first ever driver face engineered with artificial intelligence. By harnessing this power, Callaway was able to create, test, and refine over 15,000 different faces to find the absolute fastest one. The way speed is created has been completely transformed. Learn more at CallawayGolf.com slash AI. Golf course superintendents are the unsung heroes of our great game. Due to the game's efforts, we now have turf that needs less water, courses that are more sustainable, with many now offering natural wildlife habitats. From the days of old Tom Morris, golf course superintendents have given golfers a reason to love this great game. But don't take my word for it. Jack Nicholas agrees. If you love golf like I do, Thank a golf course superintendent. A message from the Golf Course Superintendents Association of America and local superintendents everywhere. The new OGO Alpha Convoy golf bags 
set a new standard for what cart bags should be. The new OGO Shano Fuse 304 stand bag is ultra sleek, but there's nothing simple about it. The OGO Alpha is inspired by tactical military gear and high-performance equipment from the outdoor industry. While the Shadow's integrated design and finest performance materials work seamlessly to deliver absolute efficiency for unmatched performance. Both are in stores now or check it out at OGO.com. What happens when our most epic driver technology goes rogue? You set the new bar in speed. Then you set it in forgiveness. This is the new jailbreak. It's our fastest driver technology, and now it's in our most forgiving head. That's how you get the most powerful jailbreak effect ever. The new Rogue Driver from Callaway, the number one driver in golf. So you've thought about LASIK surgery, but you're hesitant. I get it. It's your eyes, and while it's a hassle to deal with contacts and glasses, the thought of a laser in your eye sounds painful and scary. Well, let me tell you, I had the same feelings until I went to Hoops Vision for my free evaluation. I was super impressed with the time they spent, and they put all my concerns to rest. I left excited and confident knowing that I was in the best hands with the latest technology. The day of the surgery was easy. No pain, comfortable massage chairs, and warm chocolate chip cookies to help me relax. And then the miracle. Within a few minutes, I could see. It's an amazing feeling, and now I can see where my golf ball goes, and I enjoy wearing sunglasses and not dealing with contacts that dry up out in the sun and the wind. It's why major champions like Mike Weir chose Hoops Vision. Hoops Vision is world-renowned, and with new techniques such as smile and camera, there are more options than ever before. Visit HoopsVision.com today and schedule your free consultation. Mention Real Golf Radio, and you could save $1,000 off your procedure. More choices, more experience, better vision at Hoops Vision. Now back to Real Golf Radio with Brian and Bob. All right, welcome back to the show. Brian Taylor, Bob Casper with you. Thanks for joining us here on Real Golf Radio. Excited for this show today. A lot of good topics to discuss, and, of course, it is Super Bowl weekend. It's Groundhog Day as well, and uh, sadly, Bob, the Groundhog Day is uh, sort of recurring in a bad way for the USGA and the RNA with this rule of the caddies lining up their players. Now, uh, if you haven't heard, last week, Hao Tong Lee over in the desert, Dubai, he had a putt, about a five-footer on the final hole, and uh, as he was stepping into it, his caddy was still talking to him, but he was on the line, you know, the the, the behind the putting stroke, you know. So you have, you have a line right. when you're putting, of, you know, behind the ball and then through the hole and beyond the hole. That's that's all considered your line. And the the USGA part of the rulings that they've came out they came out with this year uh, addressed this unsightly practice, mostly by the LPGA, where their caddy would line them up for every single shot. From tee shots to fairway woods to short chips to putts. I mean, the, the caddy was right there until they were just about to pull it away, and then he steps out, and it just looked bad. It took time, and, and, and part of the reason was is that, hey, fundamentally, as professional athletes, as professional golfers, some of the fundamental things you ought to be able to do is line yourself up. And so the USGA puts this rule in and says, hey, we're going to eliminate this. I'm on board. That makes a lot of sense. In fact, it was one of those rules that you sort of yep. just glossed over and said, 
yeah, that makes some sense. Glad that's in there kind of thing and move on. But it's not anything like what all the attention gets from putting with a flagstick in and dropping from your knee and all that kind of thing, right? Those were sort of the ones that took the front and center. It seems to be always the ones you think the least about that end up coming back to bite you in the butt. And that's what's happening here on this caddy rule. How Tong Lee, as the rule states, is the caddy is addressing the ball. Well, you know, clearly <clears throat> the rule is in place to keep the caddy from lining them up. They were, in my opinion, in the How Tong Lee rule a week ago, the caddy was there discussing the break or, or, or what have you, the strategy of making that putt. How Tong Lee is still settling in. He hasn't placed his putter behind the ball. His feet are still moving. Certainly he can't have a quote unquote addressed the ball. Well, it costs him a hundred thousand dollars. Okay. A hundred thousand dollar penalty for a two shot penalty unnecessarily $100,000, you're messing with guys' livelihoods. There's so many things on the line, not only just that $100,000, but you're talking about money, world ranking points, opportunities in the future, things along those lines. So this is a big deal, right? Not even a week later, back to the Phoenix Open and the PGA Tour, Danny McCarthy. He's a guy on, you haven't even heard of Danny McCarthy. Right. And that's what makes the story more compelling. A week ago, Brando Chambly said, and I don't, I can't argue with him, that if that were Phil Mickelson or Tiger Woods with that five-foot putt, the USGA or the RNA, they, they don't make that penalty, or they, or those two are, as superstars are a, able to argue out of it. Um, another guy you haven't heard of, who's currently 92nd in the in the FedEx Cup. He's played seven events and made less than 300 grand. He has a brilliant round going in the second round of the Phoenix Open. Looks like he's on his way to a six under par, 60 with that five because it's par 71, and he. Is he, he hit a shot in the water? He makes a drop. His caddy and him are huddling. Caddy's standing there looking at the yardage book. They're talking through the shot and the strategy and the yardage and the clear and the, where the pin is. All that's so whatever they're talk. Caddies and players talk about. And then and the and the and Danny McCarthy goes up and he kind of uh, gets stands next to the ball, takes a couple practice swings, is looking at it. They're still talking through strategy. And then the caddy leaves, and McCarthy backs off, and he resets, and he lines himself up, and he approaches the shot. He hits the shot, and then after he finishes the hole, they come and tell him that that he's being assessed a two-shot penalty. So his huh. sixty, his would-be 65 is now a 67. And he goes from what would be a tie for ninth going into the weekend to tie for 17th. Again, this is a guy that that's a that's a massive swing. That is a huge penalty, and in my opinion, grossly overstated. For something and and McCarthy says I've never had a caddy line me up in my life. I didn't even know the caddy was still there. We're just talking. So the difference is is <clears throat> a, a rule that was intended to el- eliminate the caddy line and a player up has unintentionally penalized guys for their caddy standing in a place talking to them where they usually talk with no intentions of lining up. And so somewhere along the line, in order to still accomplish what they want to accomplish. They need to rewrite the language of these rules. There was a comment period. There was a time where this, but but nobody was talking about this because everyone's on board. Yeah, it looks terrible. Eliminate the LPGA caddy lining up rule. But now you're seeing it, and they need to jump in and make the language change quickly because it's costing people unintentional. There's unintentional consequences. And here's the problem, Bob. We're going into Super Bowl weekend with massive rules controversies. Ask any Saints fan. This is terrible. So. It's it's it, that's all they're talking about is referee and human error. What happened to the notion that the, the LPGA and go- sorry the LP the PGA Tour golf in general is a gentleman's game where where players call penalties on themselves. We don't have referees. We don't have this. Well, they're stepping on it, Bob. They're stepping on it and they don't need to. 
And that's the that's the issue that I have. It's it's unnecessary. This is this these are things that they're almost just like, hey, here's an opportunity to make an example, and I can insert myself, and and, and that is the part that we loathe about all the other sports and separates golf. Anyway, yeah. I ran it for too long. What are your thoughts? Well, I I would have thought that uh, once once he stepped back, even though the caddy was standing there talking with him. Um, I would have thought once he stepped back that that would reset the whole thing, but uh, uh, evidently it doesn't. So only on the green. Uh, yeah, I think. Pardon. Only on the green. That 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 only step on back rule only applies to the green, which is interesting. See, and that's that's really really that's that's really interesting. Um, it it definitely needs to be changed as far as the wording in that rule. Um, it definitely needs to. Um, Give the player the benefit of doubt. I, I mean, that's why these rules were created um, and why they were simplified is to give players the benefit of the doubt and make things a lot easier. And this is just mucking up the waters and making it more difficult. And I agree with you 100%. I think uh, this is a, a problem. It, it needs to be rectified. It needs to be fixed. And it needs to be um, immediately on uh, the rules committee with the USGA. It needs to be on their their radar right now to get that changed. Yeah, I, I figured you'd be on the same page that I am. And again, like I said, this is if if things are working the way they're supposed to, you're not supposed to be hearing about these types of things in the game of golf. And, and that's unfortunate right. because it overshadows. And again, good for Danny McCarthy in the one way that now we know who Danny McCarthy is. Uh, infamously, we know who Danny McCarthy is. Yes. Sadly, uh, it cost him. You know, what was a brilliant round? It was a blemish-free round. He's otherwise working on an eagle and uh, four birdies. I mean, he was playing brilliantly. No bogeys. And he gets a two-shot penalty on a par five. Hit it in the water. Would have saved par. Gets a two-shot penalty. Makes double. Uh, you know, it's just you know, it's just that that kind of thing. Man, Bob, I mean, you you, could, you know more than I do. The, the, the value of one shot, you know, in, yeah. in a game where... Yeah, sure. $100,000 for Phil Mickelson, Tiger Woods, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, Ricky Fowler. Okay. it's It sucks, but it's inconsequential at the end of the year. Those guys are into the tour championship, in the playoffs, the tour championship. They're already in all the majors, all that kind of stuff. Not for guys like Lee and McCarthy. Yeah. Right? Yep. So, I, I don't know. It's it's tough. It's unfortunate, really. It's unfortunate. I agree. All right. Hey, we got a Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, but how tall and Lee bounced right back. He's playing well this week in Europe. He's um, a couple shots back of Dustin Johnson, who's leading over there in Saudi Arabia, and he's in second place right now. Uh, It's good to hear uh, Dustin Johnson's name. It's interesting. I was thinking, here we are already in February, and Mm -hmm. when was the last time we talked about Dustin Johnson? Uh, This is a guy that uh, routinely, I think, I'm pretty sure I've got him on at least one of my way too early major predictions to go out. He's just too good, and yet he's he's one that we just haven't spoken a lot about. So, yeah, yeah, we'll get into all of that uh, coming up next. We also have to talk about uh, Bryson DeChambeau, another brilliant win. The guy is just continuing uh, some super impressive play. Justin Rose uh, validates his world number one ranking with a W last week. Holds on, goes wire to wire. Really impressive stuff uh, from um, Justin Rose. So we'll talk about that. Phoenix Open and how unique it is and appropriate that it takes place on Super Bowl weekend. I love all things Phoenix Open. We'll talk about that coming up. Also get you a preview of the AT&T at Pebble Beach, which is also a preview of the upcoming U.S. Open. So there's lots to get to. Uh, Phil Mickelson, by the way, missing the cut after a week off. We'll get into all of that. But coming up next, Johnny Miller 
He joined me to talk about this final week. Well, you'll hear from Johnny coming up next. Stay tuned. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. Hey, travelers, do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right, call, because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. Our prices are too low to publish online. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner or shopping. So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our SmartFares expert travel agents find ridiculously low prices for you. Call SmartFares today and get the best price on your next flight. Guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first-class tickets. 855-325-1780. 855-325-1780. That's 855-325-1780. Want to fly somewhere? Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Then call. That's right. Call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. Low-cost airlines has all kinds of cheap travel deals. Fly domestically and save up to 75%. You can even fly internationally and save even more. Yes, fly anywhere in the world and save a lot of money on your plane tickets. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. So don't book your tickets until you call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. Call right now for prices so low they can't be published. Travel experts are here 24-7 to help. 800-754-4531. 800-754-4531. That's 800-754-4531. It has been said that everyone has a book in them. But do you have the time or the ability to write your book? Maybe you picked up some skills or had a life experience that you want to pass on in the form of a book to help others. Maybe you want to leave an autobiography for your family. Or maybe you've built a successful business and you want to share your story. At Dorrance Publishing Company, we have professional writers who can help turn your book idea into a finished manuscript quickly and affordably. A Dorrance ghostwriter can provide as much or as little help as you need to complete your book. You'll work directly with your ghostwriter to finish your book faster than you ever could on your own. It's easy to become a published author. Call Dorrance now to learn more. 800-485-6003. Call right now. That number is 800-485-6003. Now back to Real Golf Radio, talking golf back when 300-yard drives were big. For real, here's Brian and Bob. All right, welcome back to Real Golf Radio. Brian and Bob with you. Sorry for that rant. Uh, Had to get it out, though, because it was... (laughs) 
Bob's back there. Like I, I probably shouldn't have woke up yet. I, I think I think Brian's got it covered there for uh, for a little while. But uh, anyway, uh, if you missed it, you can check it out on our Twitter page at uh, Real Golf. And uh, I, I think you would all agree. I don't know if anybody's going to be pulling the old "Hey, well, that's the rule" card because it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Hey, before we continue on in that uh, topic, got to tell you this is the weekend. It's available now as of yesterday. The Callaways. Brand new Epic Flash driver with Flash Face technology featuring Callaway's first ever driver face engineered from artificial intelligence to deliver ball speed faster than humanly possible is available in stores now. You can go to CallawayGolf.com slash AI to find out more about the driver. Better yet, go to your favorite golf shop, pro shop, and go check it out for yourself. Hit it, test it, get custom fit, and uh, you are absolutely going to love it. Look, they tested and refined it over 15,000 different faces to find the absolute fastest one for you. This is really cool technology. You can benefit from it. The uh, players on the PGA Tour are already doing so. Check it out at CallawayGolf.com slash AI, or better yet, get out to your pro shop. It's in stores now, all right, as we promised, and uh, we'll continue talking uh, more about the Phoenix Open. Again, I love the Phoenix Open, Bob. I, I'm telling you, I hope at some point in time the entire yeah. golf course is surrounded like 16 is. I just yeah. love it. 16, 17, and 18. It's already bled over to 17 and 18. I hope it just they just surround the whole thing and invite the world for the best Super Bowl party you can have right there in the stands watching golf and then rolling right into the Super Bowl. It's fantastic. As a player, as a lot of these players are former athletes, played other sports, they just got to eat this up. I mean, Justin Thomas talks about the 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 juices were flowing, that you know, the adrenaline and how you know getting on there on 16, such a cool opportunity for these guys. I love it. I don't yeah, want it. And, I don't want it every week, but I love it this week. Yeah, and Justin Thomas hit a beautiful shot in there yesterday, to about a, a foot, foot and a half, something like that. So, anytime that can happen and you get the crowd into it, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's really, really cool. So, anyway, lots to get to. Uh, but first, it is a big weekend again for for our industry in golf broadcasting, and for the game of golf as well. Johnny Miller who has uh, been an icon uh, and, a, and a real legend in our sport, not only from a playing standpoint as a Hall of Famer and picking up 25 wins, a uh, U.S. and a British Open championship, just uh, you know, fortunate that, Bob, I know you've known Johnny for a long, long time, longer than mm-hmm. I have, but I've been fortunate to call him a friend as well for uh, some 20-plus years now and just really uh, appreciate Johnny taking some time and just love what he did for golf broadcasting. He made it fun to watch and interesting to watch people tuned in to hear what Johnny would say about what the guys were doing and that's that's important you know it, it's it's good for the game and uh, I had a chance to catch up with him um, a couple months ago when he first announced this retirement was taking place and I began by asking him what went into making this decision well you know I'm 71 and a lot of my friends are all retired it's like what the heck, what the heck am I doing working you know it's like <laughs> So I kept putting it off year after year, you know, I, I started having like one year contracts and, and, um, I mean, it was a great job. Don't get me wrong. Just fantastic job. And it's a very rare job uh, to be the lead analyst. But, um, I don't know. I sort of knew it was, it was right. You know, I, I left the tour before I needed to, and I, I sort of wanted to keep that same, um, modus operandi. So, uh, I'm leaving a little bit before guys were saying, Get him out of there. He's getting old. We can't think anymore. <laughs> so, so I don't know. It, it was it was a good time to go, and um, and you know I've done pretty much everything I ever wanted to do. Not only playing, but um, with the announcing gig, I 
I never thought that um, I'd be able to do reasonably well. And, you know, I have such a good team around me. Dan Hicks, 20 years with him, that's the longest anyone's ever been with a partner. And, you know, just guys like Malpe and Coke. And just, there's so many good people on our team and made it sort of easy for me. So, uh, but, I, but I knew it was, it was time. And so I'm happy I, I made the decision. I'm not sure how happy I'm going to be in less three months when I'm bored in the winter here in Utah. But, uh, but, <laughs> but uh, we'll see. You know, so much of the golf commentary is those guys in Gary Coke and Roger Malby, and, you know, all throwing it back to you. And when they give their commentary, they say, I really think so, Johnny. And so we're not going to hear Johnny anymore. I mean, that, that name, Johnny, just was part of the broadcast for, for so long. And, and at the same time, you know, you, you came about it a little bit differently. You called the shots. That was the name of your book. You said some of the things. You most you had a really good eye, obviously, for the game, and, and you would call it like you would see it, and sometimes you were dead on, and sometimes you were completely wrong, but you called the shots and made it interesting. That made you a bit polarizing. I'm sure you heard both sides of the love Johnny, hate Johnny kind of thing as a commentator, a commentator huh? Well, people want to look good. The players want to look good on national TV. I don't blame them. I wanted to look good, too, when I was on. That red light went on, but, you know, the guy... Guys hit nice high fades for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday, the last three holes, he's pulled duck hook, and you know he might be joking, you know. So I mean, you might as well say it, you know. So uh, you know, I was that's the way I viewed my own game, and I'd be the first one to say I had the yips and that I sort of gagged down the stretch, and that was to me the greatest part of golf is really how well you handle pressure. That's why everybody loves Tiger Woods because he was so good under pressure, and Nicholas and Trevino and. A lot of these guys are just phenomenal under pressure. And so, you know, that's I sort of studied people and how they handled pressure before I became an announcer. And, and that, that, to me, was the most fascinating part. And uh, so, yeah, not everybody loved that kind of, um, you know, I say I undressed them, didn't pull their underwear down, but I pulled <laughs> the clothes off. But, uh, you know, I just feel like that um, I just did it my way, and, and I, I'm sort of a – a bold person I'm not really afraid of too much. And so I, I basically just called it like I saw it. And uh, people, like when I'm back east, you know, everybody, hey, Johnny, we love you. Keep telling it like it is. You know, that's, that's what they that's what they always say. You know, that's what I'm known for is being honest and telling it like it is. And those aren't too bad things to be called. Johnny Miller joining us right here on Real Golf Radio. Looking back on it, do you have some favorite moments? Do you have some things that just stand out to you as, man, you know, I've done a lot of golf broadcasts, but that one that one was really cool? Well, you know, obviously my first event in 1990, uh, Peter Jacobson, who my, is my partner at the time in the team championship, you know, we're good buddies, played a lot of practice rounds together. He's got that downhill lie on the 72nd hole over water, and I said, you know, this is the perfect, shot to choke on because you try to hit it high uh, like you do at 15 at a gust they try to hit it high off the downslope and you hit it fat or thin in the water or block it right and and i didn't say he was going to choke it i said this is a perfect shot to sort of make it look that way and and all his friends i guess told him that i said that he was going to choke on the shot and he was mad at me he told me for like eight months until the anheuser bush and he probably said i finally saw that tape and he didn't say i was going to choke and I've been mad at you for eight months, and you know. But a lot of people, that's that's the way they look at unless they see the circumstances uh, of what's happening and whatever. They easy to take a moment of just a little thought that you throw out there, uh, unless you hear the whole thing. Uh, you know, it sometimes doesn't look too good. But but you know that that one was the first time anybody ever said the word choke 
on TV in golf, and that's sort of people, boy, did they, did, did they, uh, I caused a lot of commentary that next week about, I'm I going to talk about the choke factor, and, you know, and then the, I think the Ryder Cup at Kiowa was, I think that was the greatest TV golf I'd ever seen, and still, still to this day, even though it had the miracle of Brookline, and, and even this year's Ryder Cup, how great the Europeans looked, and how much they liked and loved each other, and played as a team, and I mean, they're just, you know, Tigers' win at the 2000 U.S. Open was the greatest performance I ever saw, and that some for some reason that Open at Torrey Pines against Rocco Media stands out a lot. How he sort of stole that away from Rocco, but I don't know. There's a million things like that, but I was able to cover Tigers' whole career now from the. Yeah, I was there at the National Juniors with my sons when he won a couple of those three in a row, and then I covered two of you as amateurs. Buddy Marucci at Newport and then at Pumpkin Ridge with Steve Scott and then covered his whole career. So, I mean, you know, that's, that's history, man, to be able to say you covered pretty much the whole shebang of Tiger's career. And uh, so, yeah, those are the things I think about. So, we, as you recall those, and I'm hearing you say Buddy Marucci, Steve Scott, I remember watching those, but I couldn't remember those names until you just ripped them off there. You said you're yeah. 71. I'm only 44, and I have a hard time remembering. Golfers tend to remember certain things. As a as a commentator, do you find yourself remembering those same things? I mean, is it, it does it stick? Do you feel like that's one of the, the skill sets that you had to have, was the, the ability to, to, to remember uh, those things over and over and recall those in your broadcast? I wouldn't. I wouldn't give myself better than a C in that regard. I I'm really good at uh, being observant and really seeing the finite stuff as it's happening, and uh, you know what is happening that day. But uh, you know I'm not a, a great history memory guy, even though I do certain things stick obviously for everybody. But um, you know when I'm talking about names, uh, usually I won't talk about uh, names unless I have a little paper in front of me. I write down the names so I don't have them memory blank on on national tv you know i put my finger on the name like steve scott okay you know i mean like i didn't do that this time but uh yeah you're right you don't want to but i did sort of train dan hicks i said you know i'm not good at names my dad wasn't good at names some of my sons aren't good at names good at numbers but um you know if i sort of pause on somebody's name and you know what it is just sort of fill it in for me you know so so he was he was good that way when I needed it. Only happened a couple times a year, but um, it was nice to know he had my back. Hey Johnny, pull the curtain back a little bit, and you know we've had the the chance to see you in the broadcast booth and to visit with you on on days before you go on the air. And you spend quite a bit of time out on the golf course in in your preparation for your broadcast. Talk about what your routine was in as you prepared uh, before a tournament. My dad said, if you want to be the best, you've got to be willing to do things other guys aren't willing to do. And uh, not, no announcers ever went out on the course and putted the greens or chartered the green or went down in the bunkers and said, okay, if you had 100 balls from here, what's the average shot? Six feet, okay, anything better than that's a great shot. You know, I just did all that and, you know, charted it on, on uh, notes and everything else, all the breaks and the fall lines. And I introduced the public to fall lines and, you know, and uh, sideboards and backboards and just a lot of things, uh, you know, chunk and run. All those things are Johnny Johnnyisms, you know. And now they're golf lexions. So um, I didn't do that on re- on any purpose except for that's just the way I called them. But uh, you know, doing the homework does give you confidence. If you feel like you're doing things that other guys aren't doing, it can set you apart and and uh, bring you on the forefront. So um, yeah, I wasn't as chummy 
uh, tell me with the players because I was trying to represent the public and really let them know and learn from the great shots the players hit and also learn from their mistakes. And, um, and that, that I think the players knew that I was sort of more uh, trying to push the game along and push uh, the viewer along more than just tell that wedge shot 40 feet from the hole was a great shot. You know, I'm, I wasn't big on that kind of stuff. So, I mean, uh, I wasn't going to, if I said it was a great shot, I believe it was truly a great shot. It wasn't a shot that was just a C shot or so-so shot. And we don't get up and down in golf. We get up and in, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, right. That's another one. It changed the vernacular. It don't say up and down anymore. It's like, hey, nice up and in. Uh, yeah. that, that came from Johnny. So. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, when you look back on it, I'm sure, obviously, with that style, you say how it is. I'm sure there were some times when you look back on it and you go, ah, man, I got that right, and probably that was a little unfair. Uh, do you have some moments of regret in some of the things that you, you – some of the calls you made? Brian, I'm trying to forget those ones. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the Ryder Cup that, uh, you know, it's uh, Brookline when, you know, Justin Leonard hadn't won a match and he had thrown away a previous match. And, and um, I sort of got down on him because, you know, there were other guys that could have been playing. And, uh, you know, he, he finally in that uh, Saturday match, I said he, the only place Justin Leonard should be right now is home watching it on TV. And that, that didn't go over real big, but it did give – they put it in the locker room and um, and sort of rallied around that, believe it or not, um, supposedly. I, that's not coming from me. That's coming from the team room uh, guys. And um, that one wasn't too good. And Craig Perry, when he uh, um, when he hit that shot at Doral uh, during the, 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 the Sunday round, I said, that swing is just, just not a good swing. He had a big old come over, and then right at the bottom, he cups his left wrist, and his left arm uh, folds weird. And I said, then they then Hogan puked. I found that puked didn't go real well on TV either. So that that was I, I. By the way, I apologize. I had a routine that I would apologize within 24 hours, which is not a bad um, habit for all of us out there, even in regular life. When you make a bogey or double bogey. And you feel bad about it. Have the guts to call the guy up or go see him and say, "Hey, I just I made a double or I made a bogey there. Sorry about that. It won't happen again." So that that was my sort of technique of um, trying to have enough guts to do that and, and bridge any uh, you know things I said that I shouldn't have said. But um, there weren't that many of them. But but there were more than anybody else did. Let's put it that way. <laughs> You got to respect that. Uh, Johnny Miller joining me right here on Real Golf Radio. Hear more from Johnny. Today's his final broadcast on NBC at the Phoenix Open. You'll hear more from Johnny next. Last year, Callaway's transformative jailbreak technology created an epic shift in ball speed and performance. In fact, it made them the number one driver in golf. Now it's the fairway woods turn. That's right. The new Rogue Fairway is the world's first fairway wood with jailbreak technology. Let me say that again. Callaway has put jailbreak bars into a fairway wood. We're talking about game-changing ball speed here. And, of course, every rogue fairway comes equipped with Callaway's legendary 360 face cups. When you put these two things together, which is crazy when you think about it, you get the most powerful fairway wood Callaway has ever created. You'll immediately see a difference in distance and ball speed. But stay humble and let your buddies ask, how the heck did you get there in two? Did you just outdrive me with a three-wood? And you could just nod and say, yep, I went rogue. Get the details on the new Rogue Fairway at CallawayGolf.com. 
It's time to go rogue with Callaway, the number one fairway woods in golf. At the first tee, oh, oops. it's the little things in life we pick up. Hey, thank you. That make for a successful future. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks. Oh, you dropped this. Because little things can carry a big impact Sorry. both on and off the course. Hey, thanks. To learn more, visit thefirsttee.org. Callaway Golf has been the fastest growing golf ball brand since 2013, and the ChromeSoft golf ball has been a major part of that. ChromeSoft is extremely fast, incredibly soft, and unbelievably easy to control, which is why Phil Mickelson, Patrick Reed, and Jim Furyk have changed to ChromeSoft. You have to be willing to change to get better. ChromeSoft and the new ChromeSoft X are in stores now. See what they can do at CallawayGolf.com. ChromeSoft. It's the ball that changed the ball. Your hands. With the grip, they form the connection between you and your club. In a game where feel is so important to playing your very best, great shots begin with a great grip. For every golfer who wants to play better, there's a Lampkin grip. I gotta say, this is a stroke of genius. The new Stroke Lab putters from Odyssey are engineered to build a better stroke. Odyssey completely rebalanced the putter by using a multi-material shaft that moved weight towards the head and the grip. You'll feel the difference immediately. With every putt, you'll actually be building a better stroke. And a better stroke is what makes more putts. The new Stroke Lab from Odyssey, the number one putter in golf. Available in stores February 8th. Learn more at odysseygolf.com. You're listening to Brian Taylor and Bob Casper talking golf since Jordan Spieth was in first grade. You started it. That's real golf radio. All right, welcome back to Real Golf Radio. This segment brought to you by Flash Face Technology, the new Epic Flash from Callaway, available in st- in stores as of yesterday. Go check it out, the Callaway Epic Flash driver. All right, uh, we continue now with Johnny Miller today, his final broadcast on NBC. And so as uh, such, we pay tribute to him, continuing my conversation with Johnny from um, just uh, at the end of last year as he reflects on his time with NBC and his golf career. And uh, the next question I asked him related to how he felt like today's game was shaping up in the state of today's game. Well, golf's bigger than any one guy, but boy, when you got Tiger uh, sort of going out of the game, you know, several years ago, it hung in there. Uh, but you know, now that Tiger won the tour championship and he's playing so well, boy, the tour this year should be just fantastic. You know, as long as Tiger can stay healthy, because you have a really good supporting cast with Tiger, with Brooks Kepka, he's had won three majors, of course, and Dustin Johnson's so consistent, and Justin Rose of England, and Justin Thomas, and Rory, and you know he got some really, really great. And Ricky, hopefully, he can get where he wins more often than Jason Day, and Spieth needs to get it together. But you got, you really got a lot of uh, popular guys and guys that are household names. So when you have a current even at 42 tiger woods um you really got something pretty special especially the way he's been playing he should have a really a big year i, I could see him winning 
four times um, next year. Uh, it's just whether or not uh, he can do it in a major. I, I don't see why not, but um, he was having trouble. You know, had six times he had a chance to win on Sunday this year, and um, until he won the Tour Championship, four times he was leading on the back nine, and he sort of let all of them sort of fall apart, and I was a little getting a little concerned. Uh, you had to be a little careful what you say about Tiger because he has so many fans, and uh, you don't want to be too tough because it doesn't go real big. But um, in fact, I knew I was going to retire. I didn't say much negative, uh, but um, you know, but he he should be fantastic next year, and it's just whether he can do it in the majors. He might want the, that Nicholas record almost too bad, where maybe that might make him gag a little bit. Donnie Miller joining us here on Real Golf Radio. So. You've got a successor now. Uh, Paul Azinger's been announced. Did you have any say in that? And uh, what's your thoughts on Zinger taking over uh, with Dan Hicks in your spot? Uh, I didn't really have any say in it. Um, in fact, that's one reason why uh, you asked me to be on the show a few times. But NBC told me, you know, they said no more interviews until we get this thing um, uh, over with and decide who's going to be your guy because everybody wanted to – Ask me who it's going to be, but Singer is is one of the only announcers that will actually be uh, sort of real frank. And you know, he said some stuff in the past that has ruffled a lot of feathers, as many as I have. Uh, but he's sharp and he's quick. Um, he knows the game. Uh, I talked to Dan Hicks yesterday about you know uh, we're, I'm going to be doing Saturday at the Phoenix Open, and then sort of introduce him at the end of the show, uh, Paul, and he'll do Sunday on his own with Dan. Um, so, yeah, I've talked to uh, Paul on the phone, and we're good, both of us good with the whole thing, and gave him a few bits of advice. And um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I think the team will just do just fine with him, you know. Uh, it'll, it'll take a little while to adjust on the cadence of an open mic. Now, the first guy was an open mic in that, um, you know, on every conversation, but you got to start knowing the guys that are a mile away when they're going to finish talking and you come in and, you know, just how that all works. It'll take a little while on that. Um, Tommy Roy, our producer, he's the one invented that thing and had the confidence in me to have me basically in on every shot pretty much. So um, so that was a big responsibility for me. And the long hours, the other reason why I, I quit was the hours are just getting crazy long. I mean, five, six, seven, eight hours live. And when, I, when you're on all the time with an open mic, you know, you can't like uh, – whatever you want to do, you can't do it. You can't be eating or going to the bathroom or whatever. I mean, you got to, it, it, it's more responsibility than just having whole 13 and six, you know, like some of the announcers. No doubt about it. Did you give him the uh, blackberry pie advice that you gave to Ian Baker Finch? Uh, yeah, that, it didn't go in Ian's mind there, but I tried to tell him, like my dad said, the secret to a great pie and grandmother taught him that was a, you pick four ripe blackberry sweet ones, but you need to have one half ripe one to give it the, you know, that, that tartness, that bite, that it gives it character. It can't be all sweet and everything's wonderful, you know. But, uh, you know, that's, that, that's the way I tried to announce was that mostly and mostly compliment, but every once in a while i got to throw in a half ripe, ripe one. <laughs> there you go. So the, your last event is going to be in Phoenix, uh, the, you know, known as the Desert Fox. Uh, the the rounds and the wins you had, the what was it, three in a row and back to backs and all the stuff that you had there in the '70s was was super impressive. I, I, my guess is that that was by design. That was my idea because I knew they couldn't. I couldn't say goodbye during the 
FedEx series, all those tournaments we did in the Tour Championship and then the Ryder Cup. I mean, those tournaments are a lot bigger than Johnny Miller retiring in my mind. So I said, Tommy, I'll come back at the Phoenix Open uh, since I think some of my best memories, I think the best I ever played was in 75. I hit in the water in the last hole at Phoenix and won by 14 shots, 24 under, and then wow. one by one by nine the next week, shot 25 under, 49 under for two weeks, which is stellar record. <laughs> and I was just, I was just, it was, it was amazing how things were going my way and how well I was hitting those iron shots. And so I thought, well, that's that was the thing I remember most is how how well I played there in the desert. So after uh, the Phoenix Open, what's uh, what what can people uh, when they're thinking about Johnny Miller, what will Johnny be doing? <laughs> going going fishing with you, I guess, and a lot <laughs> a lot of other people, you know. But I, I you know I have I have some stuff to do. I'm going to stand in touch with with golf, but. Um, you know, besides the church stuff and my big family, 24 grandkids and six kids, but I'm going to be, um, I'm uh, one of the third owners of Silverado Resort, and that's a big responsibility. And um, the Safeway opens in Silverado. I brought that to Silverado, and that's a, that's a lot of work. And then um, I want to do some camps maybe at Pebble Beach and, and Silverado and Napa. And I'm in, pretty involved. I want to get more involved in Utah Junior Golf. I started that with Carl Tucker and uh, – way back in the uh, dark ages, but I mean, it's great that we have a super uh, junior golf program in Utah, Finau and Summerays and those guys come through. And then I got 24 grandkids. I got some, a lot of teaching to do how to fly cast and how to hit a golf ball, et cetera, and give them some uh, life skills and, and uh, some wisdom. So I'm not going to be bored. I can tell you that. <laughs> that sounds fun. Hey, before we let you go, and I really appreciate it. I know we've taken a bunch of your time here. You mentioned how well you played in the 70s and shooting 49 under in those two weeks. And, and really for a period of, what, what would you say, three, probably three or four years, you had as many wins or more than anybody else did during that period of time. Billy Casper had that period of time. Everybody sort of, you know, the, the greats have their period of time. And then the super greats sort of are able to extend that over a greater length of time, and that's pretty rare. When you see what like guys like Brooks Kepka have done recently, when you see Rory jumped out to that quick start, Spieth had his little uh, you know two years. How hard is it to maintain that? And do you see guys today being able to sustain it in a way that Nicholas and Palmer and some of these other guys have been, and Woods have done in the past? Yeah, it's a that's a great statement and great question. It's just. Uh... It's hard to stay up there. There's so many responsibilities when you get number one, or, or in my case, I was battling Trevino, and then of course trying to catch up to Nicholas. And I might have caught him a couple times there in the '70s, but uh, you know, people were saying I'm number one, and people were saying, "What are you kidding? He's got 14." You know, he's got at that time, let's say, uh, 16 majors. Don't even, as Weisskopf said, Johnny Miller doesn't even belong on the same course as Jack Nicholas. So there was a, sort of that lot of uproar that people would be saying I was number one. and uh, But the, at the time, I think I, in the regular terms, I was one, number one for a while there. Uh, but, you know, it, it takes a lot out of you, um, all the press and the responsibilities of uh, of being up there all the time. It, it's a lot different. But a guy like, you know, like Dustin Johnson, he's so low-key, you know, he just sort of ambles along. He, You know, he, he's the kind of guy that can just keep ambling along. And Kepka looks like, he might, he might stay up there for a while. It's not like he's won a lot of tournaments, but he's won like five tournaments or something, but three majors. Um, you know, he could stay up there for a while with the way he, he sort of, he's sort of low-key, but the fiery ones, like a speed, you know, I was like the same way. I was, you know, it was like a rocket ship, a, a rocket ship going up in a real fast, and then it just flares out, you know, and, 
you know, it's hard to keep it going. You're right. Only the, the rarest thing is a guy like Tiger just cannot get enough wins. I mean, it's just such a rare thing. Rory's a lot like I was in that. He's sort of a nice guy, a family guy, likes being home, and, you know, he's got great talent. But it was hard for him to be up there number one. It just, that wasn't him, you know. And so, you know, it, it's fun to watch it like you've been doing. It's fun to cover golf, isn't it? It's just it's just an amazing sport to cover. Absolutely. And by, did you just say Barbara Nicholas called you out? <laughs> Did you say she said you don't belong on the same golf course as her husband? Was that what you said? Did I say Barbara Nicholas or Tom Weisskopf? Oh, it was Weisskopf's wife. That yeah. said, oh, oh Weisskopf <laughs> said that. I thought you said Jack's wife called you out. Okay, you said Weisskopf got you. Yeah, I was I mean, like, wow, Barbara's yeah, shooting you a zinger. Yeah, Ohio State boys, uh, they like to stay together. You know, Weisskopf, if he would have not idolized Jack so much, he had a chance to be the best player in the world. But he just thought Jack was unbeatable. And he <laughs> There you go, my conversation with Johnny Miller. Hope you enjoyed that. And uh, as we say farewell to a legend on the broadcast team today with NBC at the Phoenix Open. Stay tuned. More Real Golf Radio continues next. Hey, travelers, do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right. Call. Because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. Our prices are too low to publish online. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner or shopping. So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our SmartFares expert travel agents find ridiculously low prices for you. Call SmartFares today and get the best price on your next flight. Guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first-class tickets. 855-325-1780. 855-325-1780. That's 855-325-1780. It has been said that everyone has a book in them. But do you have the time or the ability to write your book? Maybe you picked up some skills or had a life experience that you want to pass on in the form of a book to help others. Maybe you want to leave an autobiography for your family. Or maybe you've built a successful business and you want to share your story. At Dorrance Publishing Company, we have professional writers who can help turn your book idea into a finished manuscript quickly and affordably. A Dorrance ghostwriter can provide as much or as little help as you need to complete your book. You'll work directly with your ghostwriter to finish your book faster than you ever could on your own. It's easy to become a published author. Call Dorrance now to learn more. 800-485-6003. 800 485 6003. 800 485 6003. Call right now. That number is 800 485 6003. Do you use the blue pill to charge your sex life? Have you been thinking about trying the blue pill? What if we can promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for the other pills, you're getting taken to the cleaners. Our pill delivers the exact same results for less than $3. We'll do the math for you. You'll save more than $16 a pill for the same results. Want more? We'll give you 40 blue pills or 40 yellow pills for $99 and add four more pills free. You save more than 
than $500. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know what to do next. You need to call and get your 44 pills for just $99. Stop overpaying for the other blue pills. Call us and start saving a ton of money for the exact same results. Ordering is fast and easy with your pills delivered to your door in a non-marked package. 800-223-0992. That's 800-223-0992. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. Now back to Brian and Bob. All right, welcome back to the show. Brian Taylor, Bob Casper with you. Thanks again for joining us right here on Real Golf Radio. Really appreciate Johnny Miller and his time, and it's going to be a special one today, Bob. I know that Johnny's a, an emotional guy. He gets uh, choked up pretty easily and has already has on some of the Golf Channel yeah. uh, stuff that he's been uh, involved with. But uh, I expect a real special day today. He'll hold it together until the very end, and they'll bring Azinger in. And um, You know, I... I I don't know your, your your thoughts on on what you just listened to and 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 what you've witnessed this week and, and Johnny uh, you know finally hanging it up. Well, you know it's uh, there always comes a time where um, in in your career or whatever, you know Johnny had a great career in golf and he decided to uh, to end up not playing golf and then he he jumped into the booth and he's had a great career in the booth. Um, kind of johnny miller 2.0 so to speak and uh you know now he now he's you know he's got grandkids he's got family he's got um other interests that that he's going to be doing and um it, it was it was the right time it was the right time for that to happen um i i in have in thoroughly enjoyed listening to him in the booth and listening to um to his comments and and how he talks um, and, uh, you know, and I've enjoyed, uh, our family's relationship with him as well. And, uh, and, um, it's, it's good. It's a good thing. Yeah, it'll be good to see. And, uh, certainly we wish uh, Johnny all the best in his uh, retirement. Stay tuned. Hour number two is coming up next. Radio News with Wendy King. The governor of Virginia is under fire, first because of comments he made in support of allowing late-term abortions when the fetus is unable to survive after birth. Then a photo surfaced of him and another person dressed in blackface and a KKK robe from when he was in medical school. WTKR-TV's Margaret Kavanaugh reports. The governor acknowledges the hurt inflicted by the picture, but says in his video message that he does not want to step down. And I am ready to do the hard work of regaining your trust. I have spent the past year as your governor fighting or Virginia that works better for all people. The governor came under a firestorm of criticism this week after he talked about late-term abortions during this interview. He claims he was describing a medical situation in rare circumstances and says his comments were taken out of context. You're listening to USA Radio News. This is a national health alert from the Healthcare Hotline. Are you on Medicare and or have private insurance and suffer from back pain? MD Topical has a solution for you. Today, you can qualify to receive a pain-relieving treatment, such as a comfortable back 
brace, or a customized pain treatment at little or no cost. Call MD Topical toll-free now, 888-998-7225. It just takes a couple of minutes to qualify for these amazing treatments that have helped thousands of people with severe pain. Your personalized pain treatment will be delivered directly to your door. Call MD Topical toll-free, 888-998-7225, 888-998-7225, or go to mdtopical.com and get started on your road to a pain-free life. Call MD Topical toll-free, 888-998-7225, or go to mdtopical.com. Moscow has denounced President Trump's decision to leave the landmark Cold War nuclear missile treaty, saying it was part of a plan to get out of its international legal obligations. The president said the U.S. was suspending the obligations under the Intermediate Range Nuclear Forces Treaty starting immediately. First of all, you have to add countries, obviously. It's old. But very importantly, one side has not been adhering to it. We have, but one side hasn't. So unless they're going to adhere, we shouldn't be the only one. The president has an update on border security. USA Radio's Tim Berg has details. President Trump says there's a good chance he will declare a national emergency at the border between the United States and Mexico. But we will be looking at a national emergency because I don't think anything's going to happen. I think the Democrats don't want border security. And when I hear them talking about the fact that walls are immoral and walls don't work, uh, they know they work. This is USA Radio News. With a recession ending, if you've been putting off building your business, now is the time to act. General Steel will meet or beat any price on a pre-engineered steel building of the same size and specifications. Act now before steel prices go up. So call us today for free information. Call 800-965-1290. The NASA Day of Remembrance on Thursday will honor all of those who lost their lives, including crews of Apollo 1 and space shuttles Challenger and Columbia. John Clemens reports. NASA Administrator Jim Bridenstein tells us the Day of Remembrance on Thursday at all 10 of the agency centers around the nation has a purpose. It reminds us that what we're doing is dangerous, but it has a purpose. Administrator Bridenstine tells us most people are not aware of how NASA has made our lives better over the years. A lot of people don't recognize how important NASA has been in shaping the world that we know today, but it has been. It's been successful because of the sacrifices so many people have made. I'm John Clemens. Super Bowl fans are being told to behave on Sunday. More from USA's Rick Vincent. Sunday Super Bowl means parties, even if you aren't a football fan. Boston Mayor Marty Walsh is asking residents to follow the lead of the home team. The Patriots have been down now for over a week in Atlanta, preparing and practicing for this game. Uh, they're gonna, they're showing respect to the to the Rams. Uh, they've shown respect to the NFL, and we're asking our fans to make sure we do the same thing. Police Commissioner William G. Gross is preparing for celebrations across the city. He says any student behaving in a way that warrants the intervention of police because of misconduct will have their name turned over to the respective dean of students for appropriate discipline. And he also warned the rest of the city to stay safe and out of trouble, saying there will be zero tolerance for disruptive and illegal behavior. For USA Radio News, I'm Wendy King. Rebuild or replace transmission, $3,200. Anti-lock brake system, $1,000. Rebuild or replace engine, $2,400. 
Truth is, once your manufacturer's warranty runs out, it's all on you. Every last cent. Get protection for covered repairs with a vehicle service contract from Toco Warranty. Unlike other companies, with Toco, there's no down payment, and the monthly payments are really affordable. Not sure how long you're keeping your car? At Toco, you can pay as you go. Keep your hard-earned cash and call Toco Warranty right now at 800-222-2313 to save big money on covered auto repairs. Prices vary by vehicle, but for about the cost of a tank of gas per month, a Toco plan has your back on expensive covered car repairs. Monthly payments are very affordable. Get your free quote now. Call Toco at 800-222-2313. That's 800-222-2313. 800-222-2313. Cancellation fee may apply. Subject to eligibility. Not available in Missouri and Washington. Waiting period and deductible apply. Coverage provided and administered by Warrantech Corporation or its affiliates. Not affiliated with any manufacturer or dealership. Visit tocowarranty.com for complete terms and conditions. The second nine, the finishing holes, the closing stretch. It starts now. Here's the back nine, our number two of Real Golf Radio. With the steady, stripe it down the middle, make every putt because it's in your blood, Bob Casper, and that better lucky than good handled dragon flipper, Brian Taylor. Here's Brian and Bob. All right, welcome in. Hour number two, the back nine of Real Golf Radio. Brian and Bob with you. Thanks for joining us here in our 20th year of broadcasting Real Golf Radio. Pleased to be with you. The website is realgolfradio.com. Twitter handle at Real Golf. And thanks for joining us. However you access the show, we're around and available on so many podcasts and uh, sites and things you can access at your convenience. Thanks for doing so. And uh, a lot to talk about here in this in this back nine hour number two. We got to get into the. Uh, Phoenix Open that's shaping up to be a super weekend, not quite a Super Bowl, but a super weekend, a marquee pairing of uh, Ricky Fowler and Justin Thomas. will be in that final group together and uh, good friends and great players, very popular players out there, especially as it comes to the Phoenix Open. And Ricky Fowler, certainly with his chances over the last several years, it, might this be the year that he finally breaks through? He birdied the last four holes in round number two to get to this point and uh, to have the lead and certainly looked impressive. Justin Thomas not able to uh, uh, convert some of those uh, putts coming down the stretch the way that uh, Fowler did. But I'll tell you what, uh, impressive stuff. We've had some really good golf so far in 2019. You see the way Justin Rose validated his number one ranking with a win at Torrey Pines last week. Bryson DeChambeau continues on his tear, just can, just just not, does nothing but win. And uh, here we got Fowler and JT with a marquee pairing. It's it's great stuff. It's the Phoenix Open. It's Groundhog Day. It's Super Bowl weekend. I mean, it's it's good stuff going on, Bob. Yeah, definitely is good stuff. It's fun to see those two guys, young guys, at the top of the leaderboard. Those guys are even sharing a house this week. Um, they rented a home there in the Phoenix area and, uh, and and are sharing that. And here they are at the top of the leaderboard, Ricky Fowler at 13 under par and Justin Thomas at 12 under par, one shot back. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with those guys this weekend. Uh, hopefully they will distance themselves from the field and have a pretty good shoot at it. So you're you're going for the one-on-one mano a mano, put everybody else in the dust, and let's battle this out, Ricky JT style, huh? Absolutely, absolutely. I want to see these guys have a good time, um, and and lighten up the leaderboard, you All know, right. making some birdies and and uh, and going at it with against each other. Okay, well, look, they're they're gonna both have to play some good golf today, and yep. they both seem to be right on form. So we'll talk about that and plus much more. Best of the internet. If you haven't seen Amy, you got to do it. Stay tuned. More Real Golf next. The new Chrome Soft is better from tee to green. To maximize control, you need a ball with a soft, thin cover. 
Chrome Soft has a tour urethane cover, which feels incredible. Under the cover is the mantle. The guys in R&D at Callaway have tuned this layer to produce a more penetrating ball flight from 50 to 125 yards. Distance control in the scoring zone is everything. More control means more birdies. And I like birdies. This is the dual soft fast core. So what does it do? It produces ultra low spin off the driver for incredibly fast ball speed. Yet the core is still soft enough for you to compress the ball off the long irons. It's extremely soft and extremely fast. That's the secret behind Chrome Soft. The new Chrome Soft from Callaway. It's the ball that changed the ball. I gotta say, this is a stroke of genius. The new Stroke Lab putters from Odyssey are engineered to build a better stroke. Odyssey completely rebalanced the putter by using a multi-material shaft that moved weight towards the head and the grip. You'll feel the difference immediately. With every putt, you'll actually be building a better stroke. And a better stroke is what makes more putts. The new Stroke Lab from Odyssey, the number one putter in golf. Available in stores February 8th. Learn more at odysseygolf.com. Golf course superintendents are the unsung heroes of our great game. Due to the game's efforts, we now have turf that needs less water, courses that are more sustainable, with many now offering natural wildlife habitats. From the days of old Tom Morris, golf course superintendents have given golfers a reason to love this great game. But don't take my word for it. Jack Nicholas agrees. If you love golf like I do, thank a golf course superintendent. A message from the Golf Course Superintendents Association of America and local superintendents everywhere. Callaway's transformative jailbreak technology created an epic shift in ball speed and performance. In fact, it made them the number one driver in golf. Now it's the fairway woods turn. The new Rogue Fairway is the world's first fairway wood with jailbreak technology. And of course, every Rogue Fairway comes equipped with Callaway's legendary 360 face cups, making Rogue the most powerful fairway wood Callaway has ever created. Get the distance on the new Rogue Fairway at CallawayGolf.com. Go Rogue with Callaway, the number one fairway woods in golf. The first tee can teach young people how to hit a driver's tee or how to stop a ball out of a bunker. But true success is measured by how well they perform off the golf course, by how well they use values like confidence, My name is Kyla. perseverance, and integrity hey. in their daily lives. The first tee helps young men and women become better golfers, but even more important, better people. Get involved. Visit thefirsttee.org. Now back to Real Golf Radio with Brian and Bob. All right, welcome back to Real Golf Radio. Brian and Bob with you. Thanks for joining us. This segment brought to you by Callaway Golf and the new Apex Irons. The new Apex is the ultimate forged player's distance iron. The unmatched feel and distance Playability and control are redefining the player's iron category again. Once you experience Apex, nothing else compares. This is Callaway's best for the best. See perfection in every shot with the new Apex at your local golf retailer or visit CallawayGolf.com and see what makes Callaway the number one irons in golf. All right, uh, we thank you for joining us and welcome you back here to Real Golf Radio. Man, uh, fun first hour talking about Johnny Miller and uh, excited for him to sign off on his 
final broadcast. It's must-see TV today coming up 3 o'clock Eastern on NBC. You're going to want to check that out at the Phoenix Open. We mentioned the leaderboard, a good one with a great final round of Justin uh, Thomas, uh, one shot behind Ricky Fowler, leading at 13 under par. Bob, let's talk about the Phoenix Open and the uniqueness of this week because it is Super Bowl weekend. Mm-hmm. People often make comparisons with the Phoenix Open uh, and the Super Bowl because they happen at the same time. And there's some uniqueness to the Phoenix Open with the, certainly the way they set the grandstands up around the 16th hole, the par three. It's it's infamous for for the the raucous uh, you know sort of irreverent uh, attitude that is otherwise not tend to be present in the game of golf and it's really spilled over through 17 and 18 and and in this the first two rounds when they're split tees and they go from the finishing holes to flipping it back over to those that are finishing on the other side of the golf course on seven eight nine it's like deafeningly quiet over there compared to what the noise you're hearing on the final three holes on the back nine if you will so i guess there's a really there's a real contrast and it seems like a bit of a letdown when they go over to the quietness. And I get that that is part of the game of golf, the serenity, the peace, um, the you know that that's kind of part of it, right? It's different. But I love the idea that fans can come together, have a great time, and uh, you know from whether you're business associates or buddies or whatever you're doing, and just enjoy life around the game of golf the way they do at the final stretching holes at at the Phoenix Open. I I think it's super cool. I think it needs to happen a few times a year. I don't want to see Augusta turned into that. That has its own place. But for for what it is, I love the Phoenix Open. Oh, I do too. I, I, uh, you know, it's a, it's a golf tournament that's been around for a long time on the West coast. Um, and, you know, it's it's unique now in that what they've done was 16, 17, and 18. But, you know, you made a mention um, it's it's almost like a letdown, like you said, going to the back nine. A letdown for who? Um, some, some of the players uh, might like finishing on that back nine on, on uh, Thursday or Friday um, because uh, because there's not as much um, of the of the extracurricular stuff that goes around finishing on 16, 17, and 18. But as far as viewers and as far as fans are concerned, um, I think it's I think it's a really cool atmosphere. I think it's really kind of interesting to see those guys walk through that tunnel and come out into that big that big area on 16. That's that's got the stands all the way around, um, put you in an atmosphere like being in a stadium. You know, you've got uh, 30 or 40 or 50,000 people sitting there watching and cheering and and booing and and everything that goes along with it. I think it's a really, really cool environment and atmosphere. Yeah, it's it's a a bit of a of a gladiator type setting, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah. and it's it's cool. I think it's fun. It's okay. People. It, it also dispels the myth that you can't hit golf shots unless it's dead quiet. I've been trying to tell people this, and golfers know this, right? But sports fans that aren't golf fans, if you're just tuning in, listen one thing, okay? They'll drive you, if you're that guy that's driving by a golf course honking the horn when a guy's on the tee or you're yelling four out the window, you, you probably find yourself driving down a country lane mooing at the cows out the window. Right? You're that guy, right? If you're that guy and you think it's so funny because golfers are so ridiculous they have to have it quiet, it's not that. It's the change. It's the flinching. You're, it's a precise move, and if you flinch, then that's what can screw you up, especially the way these guys play. And so it's that change, and I've said this for years. If you took an NFL state – let's use an NBA arena. 
for an example. And if a guy's sitting there and he's used to shooting free throws with the noise makers, you know, behind and the crowd cheering and everybody waving their hands and trying to mess him up through a glass backboard, if all of a sudden that went dead quiet before the guy was about to shoot, he wouldn't get it to the rim. I'm telling you, there's no chance. No chance a guy makes a shot. And so it's the same concept. If you go from completely quiet to all of a sudden someone blows a horn, a noisemaker or something like that, um, right as you're taking the club back, it that little bit of distraction is what, what gets it. So it's not that you have to have it quiet. It's that you have to have it consistent. And golf is sort of a quiet game, if you will. So that, yeah. anyway, everybody knows that that's a golfer. But if you're not and you're a sports fan, that's why. And so watch the Phoenix Open. See how the guys are able to concentrate undistracted and hit shots with people yelling and talking the whole time. And again, all that just becomes white noise. Same as silence becomes white noise. And it's the the, the uh, distractions or the sudden movement or or uh, or noise that that causes that. So anyway, that's why I like the Phoenix Open and the noise is because it dispels that whole that whole idea. You know, a couple of other interesting things about what's going on. Matt Kuchar is tied for fifth. He's at ten under par. Um, you know, he he won a couple weeks ago in at at uh, Sony. Uh, Bubba Watson is at nine under par, and the interesting thing is is he's taking putting lessons or um, stroke lessons from Bryson DeChambeau. Now why not? Um, Bub- yeah, Bubba, Bubba's got the long putter now. That's that's up his up his forearm, and he said he's not he's not working on his stroke with him or anything, but he's just trying to get comfortable with how the putter swings, uh, having it in a new position and that kind of thing, and it's working well. He said 15 feet and in, it's like a no brainer. Um, but he did have a couple of three putts yesterday, and he said uh, that's the thing where he finds the biggest amount of difficulty is trying to um, trying to uh, uh, improve on his leg putts and that kind of thing. And so, uh, so he's working on some stuff. But here he is, you know, first tournament, and he's at nine under par and tied for seventh. And it'll it'll be interesting to see how that helps out. Well, uh, you know, Bubba could certainly uh, benefit from that. And look, when the guy the guy that you're taking putting lessons from is leading the PGA Tour in scoring average. Uh, that's mm-hmm. a guy that, that that makes some sense, right? So your scoring yep. average, your top five right now in the PGA Tour, Bryson DeChambeau by one, uh, what is that, one thousandth of a, of a percentage point, <laughs> 68.947, as opposed yeah. to Justin Rose, 68.948. So, I mean, they're pretty much dead even. Uh, Justin Rose, number one in the world. That tells you where Bryson DeChambeau, uh, his game stacks up right now. It's it's the best in the world right now. Uh, Tony Finau mm-hmm. is third in scoring average, 69.184, despite missing the cut this week. Matt Kuchar, uh, just behind him in fourth at 69.444. And then there's Phil Mickelson, 69.457, also missing the cut this week. But... Um, Look, uh, you know, th- those are the guys that are sitting there with the scoring average. Interestingly enough, too, if you're starting to keep track at home and you're you're looking for guys to pick coming up at Augusta, you got scoring average leaders and Tony Finau sitting there third, uh, less than a shot, less than a half a shot off of number one, and he's second in driving distance. Those are a couple of key factors that you you know you may want to look at for guys as they start approaching some of these big golf courses and all these major championships outside of uh, Ireland are big hitter golf courses. So yeah. Um, he, I, I like the way Tony's game's shaping up right now for, uh, despite missing the cut this week for the upcoming major season. And speaking of Augusta National, you've talked about that. They added 40 yards to the fifth hole, making it uh, 300 or 495 yards. Um, and so it's going to be interesting to see how that changes things, um, to see if that becomes the most difficult hole on 
the front nine um, or if it changes, uh, you know, the, the course in any way as far as uh, guys being able to just vomit over those bunkers and hit a hit a short iron into it. Yeah, that's what we expected to have happen, and then Augusta National made it official. So, yeah, there you go, the additional 40 yards, which is also going to look different. You're, going to, you're not going to see the players right behind the fourth green uh, teeing off on five. They'll be yep. back, so it'll it'll keep play moving and, and be less distracting and, uh, as well for, for the players in that area. So, yeah, and it brings that big old giant bunker down the left-hand side back in play. I think it's about 3.30 carry. So uh, good luck with that. Even Cameron Champ's going to struggle uh, trying to carry that sucker. All right, stay tuned. More Real Golf continues next with a caddy right here on Real Golf Radio. Not too long ago, it felt good to withdraw your cash from the bank, didn't it? For a vacation or a new car. But today, withdrawing your own cash has become risky. Pat Boone here for Swiss America. According to The Secret War, a new Swiss America white paper, I learned that all banks are now required to spy on you and me for the government and then report any financial behavior deemed suspicious or unusual. You must read The Secret War. It's free. Truth is, I believe the government's new war against cash is really a war against us all. But the secret is now out. So please, get and read The Secret War. Pick up your phone and call right now. 800-932-5517-800-932-5517-800-932-5517. Once again, that's 800-932-5517. Dish TV is better than cable TV. Why? Because you can save 45% on packages compared to your high-priced cable bill. Wow. Take those giant scissors out and cut the cable. And save with Dish TV. Plus, you get a free DVR upgrade to record your favorite shows and free installation. And with Dish Anywhere, you can watch TV for free on your mobile device. Act fast. You can save hundreds of dollars. Does your cable company do that for you? Get all the best TV programming at your fingertips at a fraction of the price of cable TV. So say adios, arrivederci, goodbye to the high cable bill, and save up to 45% on Dish TV packages today. These are limited time offers and can change at any time. Call fast. 800-405-2561. 800-405-2561. That's 800-405-2561. Hey, travelers, do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right, call, because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. Our prices are too low to publish online. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner or shopping. So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our SmartFares expert travel agents find ridiculously low prices for you. Call SmartFares today and get the best price on your next flight. Guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first-class tickets. 855-325-1780. 855-325-1780. That's 855-325-1780.
Now back to Real Golf Radio, talking golf back when 300-yard drives were big. For real, here's Brian and Bob. All right, welcome back to Real Golf Radio. Brian and Bob with you. Thanks for joining us. This segment is brought to you by Odyssey Golf. Thanks for uh, to Odyssey for their sponsorship of the show. The number one putters in golf, and have you seen the new Stroke Lab from Odyssey? It's an entirely different kind of putter. It is engineered to build a better stroke. Not only is it a great putter, it's going to help you hit it better. A better stroke is what makes more putts, and so that's what makes this a stroke of genius. From Odyssey, the number one putter in golf. Check out the new Stroke Lab putters at uh, odysseygolf.com. And, again, thanks for being with us. Appreciate Johnny Miller's time. Again, uh, you want to check out the broadcast today on NBC. Johnny Miller's final broadcast of the PGA Tour will be uh, this afternoon at the Phoenix Open. And also he'll bring in Paul Azinger for a little uh, handoff there at the end, and then Zinger will sit aside Dan Hicks for the final round on Sunday. Uh, just prior to the Super Bowl. So um, some things that we're talking about, Phil Mickelson missing the cut after skipping San Diego. Uh, that's a bit of a surprise. He'll uh, Next week we got AT&T Pebble Beach, a bit of a U.S. Open preview as well. Ted Potter Jr., you'll remember, a uh, three-shot win over Phil Mickelson, Jason Day, Dustin Johnson, overcoming some big names down the stretch. Ches Reeve in there as well in that runner-up position. So we can talk a little bit about Pebble. Uh, Phoenix Open, a, a marquee pairing, Justin Thomas and Ricky Fowler in that final group. Fowler with a one-shot lead after birdieing four of the, the four final holes. Let's take that one-shot lead going into the weekend. Pretty good stuff. So lots of good things to talk about. And then best of the internet has to be the Amy video. If you haven't seen it, it's all over Twitter, and it is fantastic. If you need a feel-good story and you want to see, I think I think I saw it was the, the most clicked-on story that they've had on social media from the PGA Tour. Ooh. Super impressive stuff. Uh, you'll definitely want to check that out. There's also some caddy controversy, some rules controversy, really, but it involves the caddy, and so we'll welcome him in now and get his take on it. Here he is, America's favorite caddy. There are bag rats, <laughs> and then there are caddies. Baby. Pro jocks who are legends in caddy shacks across the PGA Tour. We can neither confirm nor deny the existence of this legendary looper. Here he is, the caddy on Real Golf Radio. That caddy joins us now on Real Golf Radio, and my guess is this caddy's got a few takes on some of those topics that we've discussed. Caddy, good morning. How are you? Oh, I'm doing pretty good this morning. I I, I think we got to go right to the caddy penalties. Yes, <laughs> let's do it. Because I did a yeah. big rant on that in the first hour. So I'm anxious to get your take on it because back-to-back weeks now you got How Tong Lee that cost him a hundred grand in Dubai. Now Denny McCarthy gets a two-shot penalty, or otherwise a you know blemish-free round that turned a 65 into a 67. This is a guy that's 92nd on the FedEx Cup list has made less than 300 grand in seven events. That's a huge penalty, Caddy. We don't play golf for money, <laughs> really, against people. Mm. Um, so. I think uh, just there's a couple great caddy penalty stories that come to mind. There's there's Teddy Two Strokes, who's a uh, who's a uh, Bubba Watson's caddy. Uh, we were actually playing with 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 uh, paired with Teddy Two Strokes when he was working for Paul Azinger at the Canadian Open, and uh, my player hit his pitch shot from off the green lob shot. And it rolled past the hole, and it was just coming to rest, and Teddy pulled the flagstick out. 
And back then, you you had to wait till the ball completely came to rest before you could pull the the pin out of the hole for some stupid reason. Your... Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I remember we went into the scoring trailer afterwards, and one of the officials was in there, and he says, "Let me take a look at your shoes." And I'm like, "You want to look at my shoes?" And he looks at my shoes and he goes, no, it's not you. Well, they had only been able to see the tennis shoes on TV, and they were Teddy's tennis shoes. They were trying to figure out who pulled the pin. <laughs> so anyway, they wow. they, ding, they ding Zinger two shots, and we were all near the lead. And they ding Zinger two shots, and you could imagine that Zinger didn't take it really well. Um, no, I'll bet he didn't. He, he wasn't upset at all at Teddy. Uh, he just thought the rule was ridiculous, which it was. And they changed the rule at the end of the year that year. Uh, to where that if the ball didn't have a reasonable chance of coming back to the hole, you could take the pin out once it went by, even if it wasn't coming to rest. So, but Teddy was obviously semi devastated by it, and I, you know, I was trying to console him, and then he texts me or calls me a little later, and he goes, "I dubbed myself Teddy Two Stroke." <laughs> so he's gone away from that nickname, but that was a good one. Then there was Bones and Cubby. Um, at San Diego one year, and they were playing the, so Fax, Cubby was working for Fax, and they were playing the South Force. It was like the first round, maybe, and they both had Titleist threes, and, and Phil didn't have any numbers, I, I, or whatever the number was. Phil didn't have any other numbers, and Bones is telling Phil, like two or three times, hey, you got to go in at the turn and get another sleeve of balls with different numbers, and Phil's like, no, nah, we're fine, we're fine. So they Phil doesn't go in at the turn and grab another sleeve. So they go down the first hole, and uh, they both hit the wrong ball. Really? So, wow. Yeah, and then Cubby was actually hit by a drive that Faxon snap-hooked on 18 when he was four-caddying at Hartford. So that was a two-shotter because you can't get hit by your player's ball. And I think he had one other. I think he might have had three two-shotters, which is the most I've ever heard of, two. Two two shotters is pretty impressive. In one um, round, or just in a no career? no no that's in in lifetime. Yeah I mean, yeah. Oh, in wow. one, one round, well run one round, you're probably not going to make it to the third one, right? <laughs> <laughs> There's no chance for that. So Fulton, Fulton Allen fired his caddy a couple times in one round, two or three times in one round. That was a famous story. And I think that I don't know if it was Fulty. It might have been Fulty one time. Actually set his caddy on fire. And what? Yeah he. Uh, yeah, he took his cigarette, or his brida, as he called it. Light me a brida. Light me a brida. So uh, he, he put a cigarette out with his fingers, of course, because he was that kind of a guy. And he he drops the cigarette butt in his caddy's bib without his caddy knowing it. Oh, my gosh. He like, and, and next thing you know, the bib's on fire. <laughs> so so that that's one of the best ones ever was the time a player set his caddy on fire. That was pretty cool. So, um, of course, yeah, it'd be faulty. Are, yeah, and, uh, you know, I guess he fired his caddy, right? Mm, so. Ah, but um, but um, So, yep. yeah, but uh, I'm sure there's some other great caddy. Oh, well, Fanny and Faldo um, at the Open Championship of all places. They hit a ball in the high rough and uh, didn't identify it or couldn't or whatever, and Faldo ended up hitting the wrong ball. And I said, well, if Fanny and Faldo can do it, anybody can do it, if they can get a two-shotter. Because, you know, Fanny's just legendary, so. And Faldo's meticulous, so it goes to show you. I don't like. I didn't really like those penalties. I looked at them, going, "Wow, there was." I mean, the caddies were not at all lining up the players. 
they're just looking at the shot down the line, which is something you just do. It's going to be hard for guys. Yeah, it's really going to be hard for caddies to break that habit. Yeah, I I saw Joe Scovern yesterday literally run, like sprint away from the line when Ricky went behind the ball. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yesterday <laughs> yeah. i was like oh there he goes you know good thinking joe but um i think well, he was in that little... situation caddy let me interrupt you there and that's it's a good it's a good situation because he's actually just reading the yardage book and all of a sudden realizes he's on the the, the back line and ricky was starting to approach the in the ball or what have you or was backing off and he just and it startles him so he runs away but that we don't need that either right i mean that's not the purpose this whole purpose was to eliminate what the lpga cad uh, players were having their caddies do line them up for everything they did and that was right. the, but it's been some un, unintended consequences i think i don't think these consequences i don't think how tong lee danny mccarthy I don't think those consequences were intended with this rule. So I guess my question is, is are they going to go ahead and rewrite the language? Because it's not the rule so much as the way it's being interpreted based on the language that is causing the issue. And I, I just wonder, you know, with this all this stuff being new, that whether the USGA will address this sooner than later, because it's 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 not right. Like it's it's in my opinion, it's a a gross over-exaggeration, and uh, uh, you know, the the penalty doesn't nearly fit what I don't even think is a crime, let alone fitting the crime. So it seems like this is one where the USJ should step in. I just don't know that there's a precedence for them to this quickly make a rule change. Like you said, they've, they've made rule changes at the end of the season, but this quickly into a new rule, um, I, I guess I would be surprised if the USGA did it, even though I think that's the right thing to do. So one of the things you, you see in the rules a lot, I think more so now than ever is is what was the what was the intention, right? right? What was the intention? And I think it's pretty obvious that the intention in those two circumstances was never to line anybody up. Um, so I'd like to see that applied to this rule. I think the rule's okay. You can't stand behind somebody when the, with the intention of lining them up. But if you don't have the intention of lining them up, why would you penalize them? So in other words. If the guys, just the caddies, the, the question is, when, when is it considered that the player is beginning to take his stance? Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was when he started to set yeah. his feet, right? So, but even if he's starting to set his feet, if you walk out of the way after he set his first foot, there's no way you help line anybody up. Right. I mean, you have to wait until they're in their stance and then say something to them, yes or no, adjust, whatever. To line them up, so I think it's pretty clear when your intention was to line someone up that you've got to stay there a while, right? So I would say in both those circumstances, if, if I, I would say offer the opinion that they didn't intend the intention wasn't to line up the player, so thus they didn't break the rule. That would be my opinion. I don't really, I haven't really examined that rule, how it's written, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I, I think I'd like to see it applied. A little more, a little less, with a little more leeway, let's say. Yeah, um, yeah I, I don't think, to me, I didn't really see the Lee one that closely, but I did see the, the Denny McCarthy one, and I'm like, oh, I mean, that's what just, that's a routine for guys, and it has nothing to do with lining up a player. Yeah, so and he the, ste- the interesting is, yeah, thing so. is he stepped back out, you know, before he went back in to take his stance and hit the shot. Well, but that's still the thing. He Apparently, on the putting green, you're allowed to step back out of it and not get penalized. But on a full shot, you're not? Well, why? 
Yeah. What's the difference? Why is there a difference? Um, so, I yeah, that I don't know enough about it, but to me, the intention on those two was pretty clearly not to line the guys up. Yeah, McCarthy so. said he's never had anyone line him up ever. So he didn't even know that was, I mean, that's not even part of his repertoire. It just makes no sense that there'd be a penalty in that kind of a situation. And uh, it seems that these kinds of penalties happen to guys that are a little less prominent on tour as, as, as you might say uh, as well. So I, I'm, I'm not sure that the rules officials would have the same uh, bravado to go in and call this same penalty on a guy, say like, you know, Tiger Woods or Phil Mickelson. So interesting. Well, there's the fake, there's a famous story. Jay Haas told me he, he was asking for a ruling or a second opinion at the Masters one time, and he heard on the officials radio from the headquarters of the rules or whatever the the question was asked, "Who's asking for the drop?" And wow. Jay just lost his mind. <laughs> hmm. Who's asking for the drop? Why does that matter? <laughs> Interesting. I love that story. Yeah. Yeah, that was a funny one. Yeah, yeah. interesting. All right, Caddy, we're out of time, buddy, but uh, we appreciate you joining us. I'm excited to talk Pebble Beach. You're going to be on the peninsula next week, or are you somewhere else? I, I am not. I'm going to be in Florida next week. Okay. On the other side of the coast. Gotcha. All right. Uh, what part of Florida? Uh, I'll be hanging around Jacksonville, Tampa, Palm Beach, Orlando, all right. I'll be in Fort Lauderdale if you want to hook up. It's a little further south. Might not quite make it down there, yeah. but you never know. All right. Okay, thanks, Caddy. Thank you, gentlemen. There you go. It's Caddy joining us right here on Real Golf Radio. I, I figured he wouldn't be about that. I mean, look, this is it, it, it looks bad, it smells bad, it is bad. Come on, fix it. Come on, USGA. Yep. You know, this is not this is not the kind of response you want. Step up, make it right. Let's let's move on. It just is, it's being interpreted wrong. That's the end of the story. Hey, coming up next, our good friend Mitch Bo just joins us. His thoughts on Johnny Miller. Stay tuned. So you've thought about LASIK surgery, but you're hesitant. I get it. It's your eyes, and while it's a hassle to deal with contacts and glasses, the thought of a laser in your eye sounds painful and scary. Well, let me tell you, I had the same feelings until I went to Hoops Vision for my free evaluation. I was super impressed with the time they spent, and they put all my concerns to rest. I left excited and confident knowing that I was in the best hands with the latest technology. The day of the surgery was easy. No pain, comfortable massage chairs, and warm chocolate chip cookies to help me relax. And then the miracle. Within a few minutes, I could see. It's an amazing feeling, and now I can see where my golf ball goes, and I enjoy wearing sunglasses and not dealing with contacts that dry up out in the sun and the wind. It's why major champions like Mike Weir chose Hoops Vision. Hoops Vision is world-renowned, and with new techniques such as smile and camera, there are more options than ever before. Visit HoopsVision.com today and schedule your free consultation. Mention Real Golf Radio, and you could save $1,000 off your procedure. More choices, more experience, better vision at Hoops Vision. And here's Ricky on 12. What a comeback it's been for him today. Pin placement is a little tricky. We're seeing something... uh... Something is getting closer. Holy. What the? And that'll cost him. It can be dangerous to drive while distracted. Yet at any daytime moment, almost 660,000 drivers across the country are using electronic devices while they drive. Join me and commit to always driving distraction-free. We are farmers. 
The new OGO Alpha Convoy golf bags set a new standard for what cart bags should be. The new OGO Shano Fuse 304 stand bag is ultra sleek, but there's nothing simple about it. The OGO Alpha is inspired by tactical military gear and high-performance equipment from the outdoor industry. While the Shadow's integrated design and finest performance materials work seamlessly to deliver absolute efficiency for unmatched performance. Both are in stores now, or check it out at OGO.com. You can tell a lot about a golfer by the way he sets his hands on the club. Is he squeezing the life out of it, or is it like he's cradling a newborn baby? Holding a light so he can feel the club head eliminates tension, increases swing speed, and improves accuracy. These are the things our grips promote. Because the secret to golf isn't how you put your hands on the club, it's the way you put your hands on a wind grip. Win, play your best golf. Callaway isn't just pushing the boundaries of driver technology, they're pushing ball speed further than humanly possible. The new Epic Flash Driver with Flash Face technology features Callaway's first ever driver face engineered with artificial intelligence. By harnessing this power, Callaway was able to create, test, and refine over 15,000 different faces to find the absolute fastest one. The way speed is created has been completely transformed. Learn more at CallawayGolf.com slash AI. You're listening to Brian Taylor and Bob Casper, talking golf since Jordan Spieth was in first grade. You started it. That's real golf radio. All right, welcome back to Real Golf Radio. Brian Taylor, Bob Casper with you. Thanks for joining us. Callaway's Epic Flash Driver with Flash Face Technology features Callaway's first ever driver face engineered from artificial intelligence to deliver ball speeds faster than humanly possible, and they are available in stores as of yesterday. So get out to your favorite pro shop, golf shop, and check out the new Epic Flash Driver from Callaway or online at callawaygolf.com slash AI. And uh, we appreciate you joining us here. A uh, great weekend in the game of golf. There's no doubt about it. Um, you've got uh, the Phoenix Open being played, which is just so unique. The greatest show on grass, and it's grandstand-like uh, atmosphere. And it really is a, a Super Bowl-esque type uh, weekend in uh, in golf out there at the Phoenix Open. Super exciting stuff. And then, of course, you have the Super Bowl taking place this weekend. Groundhog Day is going on. And uh, you know what? The, the, my, my thoughts on this whole caddy con- uh, rule controversy is going into the Super Bowl, it's already clouded a bit by the you know referees and their non-call on the pa- what should have been a pass interference call, which probably mm-hmm. puts the Saints in the Super Bowl. The great thing about golf is we don't have the officials. We don't have the referees. It's a, it's supposed to be a gentleman's game. Call the penalty on yourself, right? And yet this feels so opposite of that. And it's almost as if the USGA is sticking their foot in it when they don't need to. Uh, and I don't I don't mean by the USGA is is administering the rules on the PGA Tour, but they're the ones that put the rules out there, and the tour officials are interpreting it the way it's written. And it needs to be the writing needs to be changed so that it is better interpreted for the situation because I in both cases I think McCarthy and Lee got uh 
got robbed on that deal. Yeah. And it's uh, it, it's a tough penalty for those guys that are trying to make it out there on the PGA Tour. Anyway, we'll uh, continue talking more about that. But it's also going to be a special weekend as our good friend Johnny Miller uh, has his last time as a broadcaster on NBC. That's taking place today. And thought it would be fun to get one of our good friends who's a legend in his own right in the broadcast world. He's also the 1991 U.S. Amateur Champ, played in the 1992 Masters, also played a year with Johnny Miller at BYU. And Mitch Vo just kind enough to join us this morning. Mitch, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Brian and Bob. How you guys doing? Man, it's so good to have you on the show again. Uh, good to hear your voice. We had some, you know, this is our 20th year of doing the show, which is really kind of crazy. But some of my favorite memories uh, revolve around the times that we spent doing a little uh, Westwood One CBS radio together uh, back in the days, a couple of major championships. And, you know, I know you really wanted Bob on that, and you kind of brought me along because I sort of was just there. <laughs> and beside, But I appreciate you including me in that because it was, it was one of my highlights. I appreciate that. No extra charge for the baggage, right? <laughs> That's it. That's hey, as long, That's as, exactly as, long as we're right. getting on the USGA, when do we get to have the number 10 coffee can cups on the greens? I could sure I could sure use a couple more putts going down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just widen that up a little bit, huh? Yep. Yeah, I like that. You know what? I'll, I'll tell you, Mitch. One of the things, and uh, it, uh, we, we haven't probably talked since this happened, but I remember at Whistling Straits, uh, I was out roving around the golf course. You were in the 18th Tower. And we'd have these uh, some on-air, mostly off-air discussions about Tiger Woods. And you kept saying, look, the sun don't shine on the same dog's back all the time. Remember, you, you dropped that line. And, and Tiger was in danger of missing the cut. And he, he rallied back and he made the cut. And you're shaking your head. And you're like, this guy's a one-man scramble team. And yet you were convinced that it what, he, nobody can keep this up. And at the time, I think this was 04, right? I, I didn't think there was any way it, it, it could possibly disrupt be disrupted. And to your credit, it, it unfortunately it did, um, but not before. Look, the guy's got 80 wins, 14 major championships, pretty amazing stuff. What's your kind of your take on what you've seen Tiger do, and then now this comeback, and what you expect out of him this year? Yeah, the lucky streak lasted quite a while, didn't it? A long <laughs> he time. Just, he's just an he's just an amazing player. I mean, he has the ability to just keep coming at you. I mean. He's like I say, he's like the Terminator. You know, you shoot off one arm, and here he comes with the other arm. You shoot that off, and he just keeps grinding. But he's got all the tools. You know, I, I did use that line of one-man scramble team. I mean, if you had to pick a pick a guy in his, you know, during his big run to hit a driver, you'd want him a fairway wood or a stinger shot. You'd take that. He's a great iron player, and nobody. I've never seen anybody make as many putts as he did. And the and the sad thing is, they all went right in the middle. He wasn't slopping them in. <laughs> Oh, yeah. They looked like they had good pace, and they went right in the middle of the hole. And he never backed off. Nope. He did. You know, he, you know, he, he won always... his major champion. He won his major championships like Nicholas did. You know, he'd get up to the lead and then shoot par on Sunday and watch everybody fold around him. And I think that was, you know, to his credit. Now, Jack, Jack, on the other hand, at some days he'd go out there if Jack was trailing, He'd look at the board and said, "Hey, I need 65 today. I'm going to shoot 65 and win the championship." Tiger never did that. He never came roaring from behind. But but once he got the bit in his mouth, he was hard to beat. Yeah, Jack. Uh, you know, with his last major that he won uh, at the at the Masters, that's kind of what he had to do. Um, he picked a number and went out and shot. What did he shoot? 64 in that final round to win um, his 18th major there at the Masters. Um, Johnny is um, bowing out of the booth today. Um, tell us a little bit about your thoughts about Johnny and, and uh, your relationship with him. 
Well, I have nothing but admiration and respect for, for Johnny Miller as a, as a player, as a broadcaster, as a human being. i got to tell you one thing. You know, one of the first things that happened when I got up to school up there, I graduated mid-year from high school, and and so, you know, I, I'm starting in February, and it's ice and snow and cold. I'm coming out of, you know, Southern California, and, and we go out there and we tee it up. We used to hit balls in the in the Smith Fieldhouse in there, and all of a sudden we get to, we get to go play when, the, when the, you know, the, the tundra thaws a little bit. This guy just hit one good shot and one solid shot after another. I guess there's a reason why I never saw him lose his temper because he never missed hit a shot. <laughs> when I came out of when I came out of high school, I thought it was okay to hit a duck hook once in a while or a half sky pop up shot or something. But you know the standard changed pretty quick. I mean, you want to put things in perspective, Bob. He finished eighth in the U.S. Open as an amateur, a college yep. player. Eighth. He went four straight rounds with Jack Nicklaus. Now these days, if you qualify to get in the Open. I mean, that's saying something. If you, but he'd already won the national junior. I mean, this guy just his his standard of play was just above and beyond anything I've ever seen. And to this day, he's by far still the best iron player I've ever seen play play the game. I only saw Hogan play once, but Johnny hit more laser shots right at the flag. And this was in a day when the balls curved and they cut, and you couldn't hardly hit a straight shot. Johnny Miller's the only player I ever saw whose natural ball went dead straight at the flag. And when he went out to play, you knew that during a round he was going to probably hit two or three of them within a foot or two of the hole. So he's, and then he's going to birdie half the par five. So he's already starting the round at four or five under par. You never saw a guy make, you know, 68 look so easy in your life. He wouldn't make anything he shoot 68. Everybody else, you know, you'd be chipping in or holding a bunker shot. And that's a real nice feature. <laughs> you think? <laughs> I thought I thought that was pretty good. You know, I'll tell you another thing about Johnny. You know, he he always he, he has a trait about him that that was really unusual. You know, golf is they talk about it. You know, being a team sport in college or anything else, but it's really an individual game. But Johnny was always one to come over and congratulate you after a good performance or a good round. And at a time when everybody else might be a little bit jealous or thinking, "Boy, I wish you know." Most guys in the locker room, if you tell somebody you shot an 80, they wish it was an 85. But, you know, Johnny had come over there, and he, he kind of took me under his wing a little bit. The first big college tournament I played in was down in Albuquerque, and I was really nervous. And I was a freshman. It was the first year that freshmen could play with uh, uh, the varsity sports. And uh, Johnny set me up with a practice round. He said, look, I'm going to play a practice round with you. And in those days, Houston was winning all the national championships. And Johnny took me out to play with their, their number one and number two man, Hal Underwood and Bob Barbarossa. And I thought that was, that was saying something. Because this guy, like I said, he, you know, he'd already had this you know, national, international reputation, and he was a great player. But he'd stooped to kind of help a, you know, a young, nervous kid along and, and was trying to get me to calm down and, and get me going. And I thought that was pretty impressive. That's cool. Kind of returning the favor for what uh, Bob's dad did for Johnny when he made it out there on tour, I suppose, uh, or setting that same example, right? Yeah, he just paid it forward all the time. You know, I, I, I probably shouldn't say this, but hey, I got nothing to lose. I'm like Brigadoon. I see you guys every hundred years now, but uh, <laughs> you know, I, we had a we had a qualifying tournament up there when I first when I first started school up in there. It was eight rounds to. Get to go to a first tournament, and I in the full, in the eighth round, I had the best round I'd ever shot in my life. At the time, I think it was a course record up there, sixty four, and I tied Johnny after eight rounds. And so I'm, you know, I'm 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 on cloud nine. About three four days later, we had a uh, we had a BYU alumni match, 
and it was snowing and sleet and cold. And I came from Southern California. I never saw that stuff in my life. And I shot 69, and Johnny was the next lowest at, se- at 75. And he came over after the round, and he wanted me to go, he wanted to go through my round with me. He said, how did you shoot 69 out there today? My first, my first answer was, well, John, I made six birdies. But he wanted to go through and figure out what I did and why. And I thought, <laughs> you know, I, I was, you know, I was shaking just talking to the guy. He was just a big star. <laughs> and, and, and in my opinion, Johnny Miller has never, he's never misspoken. He's never misstepped. You know, he's, he's bruised a couple of egos along the way. But, you know, this whole business about calling people chokers, you know, that, that goes back to the day when everybody was kind of, you know, machismo and, you know, no, oh, I don't want to choke. I don't want to use that word. But, you know, he was saying stuff in the booth that everybody knew and recognized to play the game. You know, later on, you know, Lee Trevino was famous for saying, you know, we all leak oil. And then you've got Ray Floyd, you know, the most steely-eyed competitor out there. Everybody says, boy, once he gets out looking his eyeball, and Ray Floyd comes back and says, hey, you know, I, I choked. You know, I threw this tournament away. Or Jack Nicholas one year when he was leading the, uh, the Crosby, uh, with nine holes to go, he shot 45 on the back nine. You know, choke is not a permanent condition. You know, it's just it's a mental <laughs> you state when you just, yeah, well, you yeah. hope not. I mean, I suppose it could be, but it's, it's just when you, you're out of your comfort zone and, you know, you're thinking fast or you're, you're breathing fast or things go wrong. And Johnny just pointed that out, that, you know, sometimes guys just get out of rhythm. Yeah, yeah. And when people but, took that as a personal rebuke against their character, you know, that's just, yeah, but that, I think that was a shame. I think he just, you know, like he says, you know, I, I call it as I saw it. I said, you know, the truth, the truth is your best defense. And I, I just, I have nothing but admiration for him as a, as a man, as a player, as a broadcaster, as a you know, husband and father. Mitch, thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Well spoken, great words, and you know what? It's always great to have you. Let's get you back on the show again, huh? All right, I'll be easy to find. <laughs> All right. All right, we'll talk to you soon. You guys take Thanks, care. All right, there you go. Bye-bye. Mitch Vogus, 1991 U.S. Amateur Champ and uh, played in the 1992 Masters. Uh, good guy, former broadcaster for CBS Sports Radio, Westwood One, kind enough to join us, share his thoughts on his good friend and former college teammate, Johnny Miller. Stay tuned. More Real Golf next. Hi, Rick Tittle here. You may know me as the sports talk host that can talk about all sports. Football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, golf, tennis, auto racing, boxing, Olympics, rollerball. But this time I'm here to talk about pain. If you have pain in your knee or your back like I do, then you should know about the Health Alert Hotline. If Medicare is your primary insurance, then you could qualify for a back or knee brace at little or no charge. I have an old injury from my football playing days. And anything that can help take that pain away and make it more manageable, that has my attention. I love the free delivery, and they take care of the paperwork for you. So if you have Medicare and need help for back, ankle, knee, or shoulder pain, please call the Health Alert Hotline at 800-428-1570. That's 800-428-1570. Agents are standing by 24-7, so go ahead and call now, 800-428-1570. It has been said that everyone has a book in them, but do you have the time or the ability to write your book? 
Maybe you picked up some skills or had a life experience that you want to pass on in the form of a book to help others. Maybe you want to leave an autobiography for your family. Or maybe you've built a successful business and you want to share your story. At Dorrance Publishing Company, we have professional writers who can help turn your book idea into a finished manuscript quickly and affordably. A Dorrance ghostwriter can provide as much or as little help as you need to complete your book. You'll work directly with your ghostwriter to finish your book faster than you ever could on your own. It's easy to become a published author. Call Dorrance now to learn more. 800-485-6003 Call right now. That number is 800-485-6003 Hey travelers, do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right, call. Because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. Our prices are too low to publish online. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner or shopping. So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our SmartFares expert travel agents find ridiculously low prices for you. Call SmartFares today and get the best price on your next flight. Guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first-class tickets. 855-325-1780. 855-325-1780. That's 855-325-1780. All right, welcome back to Road Golf Radio. Brian and Bob, thanks for joining us. Appreciate Johnny Miller and his thoughts. Uh, the caddy joined us, Mitch Voges, right there also on Johnny, and uh, really good stuff. Really appreciate all of them. If you missed any part of the show, go to realgolfradio.com, or better yet, just follow us on Twitter, at RealGolf, where you can listen to the show anytime you would like. Thanks to all those listening on uh, iHeartRadio and different uh, apps, tune in and the like uh, for the podcast side. Thanks for joining us there as well. Uh, again, a great weekend ahead. It's Groundhog Day. It's Super Bowl weekend. Phoenix Open. You've got Justin... Uh, Thomas and Ricky Fowler is the marquee group. Uh, should be a good one. Johnny Miller is final broadcast today. You're going to want to check that out as well. Congratulations to Justin Rose and Bryson DeChambeau. Some impressive stuff. AT&T Pebble Beach next week. For Dave Glaser, our producer, and Bob Casper, I'm Brian Taylor. Thanks for being with us here on Real Golf Radio. Thanks for listening to Brian and Bob on Real Golf Radio. Join us on Twitter at Real Golf or on our website at realgolfradio.com. It's been real. 